This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. So today, we wanted to discuss pitching and earned media and landing press with your pitches, making them as effective as can be. We're going to talk through seven major mistakes to avoid while pitching your niche's key editors. Also, how to make your pitches really engaging and enticing to the uh, freelancers and, and journalists and writers that move the needle for you. So we know landing press in top tier outlets is our clients' goals. It's always our goals. Like we love that, um, you know, but it's not always an easy feat. It is obviously possible and possible for all of us, but a lot of this process, it's out of our control. So we need to set ourselves up for success as much as we can, as best as possible when we reach out to our contacts. So you can't just write a pitch, send it, and hope that you get a high-quality placement after just one kind of easy send. There are seven mistakes that you seriously need to be aware of that you're making possibly with your pitches to journalists and editors that might be making your pitches DOA, dead on arrival. So number one, your pitches are not engaging. You know, you have to get your pitch writing skills in check. It should be complete, concise, accurate, direct, but also engaging. And you don't want to waste space or bandwidth on fluff or beating around the bush because you'll lose your audience immediately. They're incredibly busy. Their inboxes are flooded. They need to know, what is this? What is the point of this? What do you need me to do? What am I supposed to consider here? Right out of the gate. And if you fill it with fluff, you're going to lose them. So tell your story concisely and tell it well. And it should stand out amongst a sea of emails in that editor's inbox. So you want an attention-grabbing subject line. Obviously, we know that. But you just need to focus on getting the editor to open your email. That's it. So it's not like you have to summarize the entire message in some punchy way where they're like, you know, blown away. It's just as like entice them to open it. What's in there? What are they going to learn about? You know, what's in it for them? Just something really Uh, attention grabbing that gets them to click and open and that's it and we also have like a really killer resource inside the pitch lab that'll help you write attention grabbing subject lines no matter your niche we have some um, proven formulas for writing uh, subjects and we even show inside the winning pitch vault that we have all of our members that are interested in having their pitches featured will submit their winning pitches so you see the actual pitch the subject line, you um, see the final uh, media feature that resulted from that pitch. And there is some story that we share about the back and forth. What did the journalist ask for? Um, what did you, you know, how did you follow up? So you literally see from beginning to end what a pitch 
that got the yes looks like, and we organize it by niche. And I thought that was extremely helpful. It's something that I always wished to see when I was, um, you know, starting out in PR. And even now, it's so helpful to see pitches that get the yes. So, you know, we know that, so the winning pitch vault has these subject lines, and we have a resource about pitching um, or uh, writing subject lines in the pitch lab. But we know that editors are far more likely to just chuck your pitch in the garbage if the subject line doesn't catch their attention or your pitch is boring or poorly written or long and lame, okay? Number two is sending out spray and pray pitches. This is like you are a total media outsider. You don't get it. You're haphazard and hasty. Personalization is everything. So... Sending out the same pitch to dozens of editors is lazy and will not land you press. You need to tailor your pitches to the exact editor, their beat, the publication, who their audience is. You have to acknowledge that you have that awareness because editors, savvy editors can spot those spray and pray pitches from a mile away and they will delete your email and block you. And now you just lost the entire opportunity to land a possible feature in a relevant publication for your clients forever, for any other clients in the future. It's so lazy. What you want to do is establish a connection with the editor, with your pitch. You know, you're just sharing their work. You're becoming familiar with them. You're letting them see you. And you are being a helper. You're adding value before you ask for anything. So you want to establish that connection with the editor, with your pitch, and make sure that they know that that email is for them and only them. It's not a generic, hey, here's everything I have. Just pick and choose what works for you. No. Make it easy for the editor, for the journalist, the, the freelancer, the writer, whatever it is. Make it easy for them. And I will say, I'm on the receiving end of a lot of pitches too because I'm the um, media contact in, in databases like Cision and some other ones for uh, two websites that I have supported in the past. One was a baby and kids website and one was a party planning resource. And it's very interesting because I'm on the receiving end of pitches from PR professionals that are so lazy, so generic. They have no idea what publication they're pitching. And I will tell you, and this is encouraging, that out of 100, I would say five are targeted and clear that they have a sense of who I am. They know what the focus is of the publication and they are targeting something that makes me feel that they know their thing is a good fit because they're referencing other things and giving real um, authentic information that shows that they know what's up. Think about that. That's 5%. 5 to 10%. And um, that should be encouraging for you. Um, number three is following up with additional edits or not following up at all. So we know you should always follow up with media contacts after you've pitched them. Um, you can check in and make sure they've seen your pitch. 
ask if they need any additional information that will help them with their writing process. And if you've already followed up, you haven't received a response, I suggest two things. One is that you move on to a different editor at the same publication with that idea if you're sure it's timely, relevant, targeted, and you're strategically sending it to somebody who is also um, the right contact for that type of content. Or you change your pitch and come up with a new idea, a new angle altogether, and pitch that new writer sometime later. Or pitch the same original writer sometimes, sometime later. So you either take that great pitch, you find someone else at the same publication that still writes for that relevant topic, or you go back to that original writer if you're confident that their article, their beat, their content that they write is the perfect fit for your client, find another idea. But definitely follow up at least once, sometimes twice, you know, if you're not annoying and maybe you have a relationship with them and you know it's okay to kind of check in twice. But if you've already followed up, you know, find another writer or come up with another angle. And then once your article is published, do not, do not, do not. <laughs> okay, only reach out to say thank you. That's it. You should never follow up with unnecessary edits that you want the journalist to make. If the client is like, oh, well, we wish that they linked here, they have reasons why they're linking. If the link is broken, that's fine. If it's... Uh, you know, incorrect information, because a lot of times now they're not fact-checking, sometimes you will not have it corrected. But I would say that it is worth asking if it's inaccurate information. If you want the image change, you have updated photography or different links or SEO keywords or phrases or certain things that they left out altogether, they are not going to change that. It's not your article. It is not your client's article. They wrote it that way for a reason, especially linking. They want to link to the place where they're going to make the most money. End of story. So if your client's like, wow, they didn't link to our website. Well, guess what? The commission they're getting somewhere else is more favorable or it's a top-down directive that they have to link out to one of your retailer's websites versus your website. If you follow up, even, and here's what I want you to, to do, is if your clients ask you to do that, unless it's inaccurate information, a broken link or something like that, say no. You say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> and don't act entitled about it. Absolutely no, it's totally a bridge burner, no. Your clients need to realize that your contacts are not solely for their benefit. You have a niche and you work with these contacts consistently for all of your clients. So if you have one client that insists on something that you as the expert know is not an acceptable thing to ask about and you burn that bridge because this client is being a jerk and I had a client like this and I had to say, I am not doing that. That is not, I had to say, that is not how it works and that's not how the game is played. And she said, then you need to change the rules of the game. We are, you know, do you think Gucci can't call and ask for um, updates to the things that they want? I'm like, well, Gucci spends millions of dollars with these publications on advertising and you don't. And she said, you need to make us the Gucci of the baby industry. And I was like, 
you need to make your way off our client roster because you suck, right? I'm not going to do what a client says knowing that it's going to burn my really valuable bridges that are part of what makes us so sought after for other clients. There's just no way. So push back. Please, please feel confident and comfortable to push back. You're the expert. You can always be super nice about it and say, you know, um, I can try, but I will tell you it's not going to happen. Um, and then don't try. So keep that in mind. You get, you get to push back and know that you can't ask for those changes. They will not do them. Um, number four is including attachments. Just don't do it. Always include additional um, things embedded in the body of your email, not as attachments, and that will get pushed to a journalist spam filter. Attachments just kind of trigger that spam, and we know that a lot of journalists, they'll read their um, messages on the go on their iPhone or, you know, maybe with their own... Um, you know, internet bandwidth, maybe it's not fast. And this attachment that you included is really big. And it's like, you know, flooding their net or whatever it is, it's slowing down their network. It is much easier to access something that's right in the body of the email than something that they have to download. And then they're like, where does it go? And it, it also just could potentially trigger your thing getting bounced to spam. Um, and if you want to attach a document with additional info, you either have to work that information into your pitch or send the document in a Google Drive link or a Dropbox. And you want to ensure that your sharing permissions on those links are correct so that the journalist does not have any issue accessing the file. Because if it's set to only people in your organization or they have to request access, you're done. <laughs> They're not going to do that. So make sure that you update those sharing permissions. And if you're confused about how to do that, we show that inside the Pitch Lab too, just because it's a very, in Google Docs, it's very simple. If you don't change it, they're gonna struggle and your, your pitch will get deleted. Number five is reaching out to the wrong journalist. Huge mistake. And you may have the most killer, awesome pitch, but it is not gonna work if you don't send it out to the right people. So you have to do your research before pitching to make sure that that publication and that writer, that journalist, lines up with your client's target audience and that you're really sure you're pitching the right journalist. Because again, we're going to be targeted when we send out our pitches and you might be inclined to reach out to as many people as possible. Spray and pray, but that's not an effective way to land press. Um, make sure that the journalists you're pitching are genuinely covering that topic. They're genuinely interested in your client's niche or that, that type of product or service and that they haven't covered that exact angle before. And if they have, is this a new spin on it? Is this different? It, it, it's like they're... Um, probably going to write follow-up pieces as information evolves as they move along in their business, you know, in their, um, in their writing, they'll say, okay, well, that was a couple months ago and there's some new developments or here's like another spin on it. Your clients always see when you don't get an article that comes out and they could have been in it and they'll say, can you write to this writer and ask us to be edited? Nope. You cannot do that. Do not ever do that. 
you will do nothing except piss off that writer. So the other side of that is, you know, don't ask to add your clients and don't send them an identical idea that includes your clients because they already wrote it. Come up with a new spin on it. Um, you know, and again, don't just spray and pray at that publication. Make sure that they're pitching, uh, you're pitching journalists who want to hear about your client's niche or their service or product and that they haven't covered it in that way before. Okay, do not ever ask them to change their article to include your client. Um, number six is asking for too many SEO specifics. So if you include SEO keywords and phrases in your pitches so um, that they show up in their inboxes if they search it, that's a good idea. That's it. But asking journalists to use those keywords or phrases in their article is not okay. They are there to write and not to repeat your client's marketing materials verbatim. So a lot of times the outlets will determine what SEO keywords or phrases that the journalist will need to use in their piece. And if you request certain words, that can mean that your pitch gets tossed. Um, and that goes for SEO links too. Outlets have their own standards for linking and it's especially relevant right now with affiliate marketing. And you can include your client's website and affi affiliate links in your pitch, but what gets included in the piece is up to the outlet. And if you want to learn more about how to incorporate affiliate marketing in your pitches, we actually have two masterclasses on the subject inside of the pitch lab that are incredibly helpful, especially the one where we chatted with Bryce Gruber, who is so generous with her insights for PR professionals to understand how their writing content that converts to revenue through affiliate marketing. We had a, just a one-on-one -on -one with her that was wonderful and super informative. Um, but one other thing I will say is the SEO. So you understand, you can put some keywords in there if they're searching their inbox for like travel tips or best luggage or something like that. Um, but if you... <coughs> start to include anchor text, which is literally like the words best luggage, and then you highlight it and you include a link, that's really annoying to journalists as well because a lot of times they just want to copy and paste and they have to go back in and delete all of those anchor text links that you included and it's super annoying to them. So try not to do that. One of the things that we know from chatting with Bryce and other conversations I've had with editors now is they're looking for gaps in search. So they're looking for high search volume and low search results. So when I say high search volume, it's 50 to 100,000 searches on certain keywords a month, but not a lot of results are coming in for that topic. So they see that as a gap where they can rank really high in the search, in, in the search results, and create content around a solution that's product-centric, and now those 50 to 100,000 searches will return their content top of the search and your products and their affiliate revenue you know, sales go up because they're looking for those gaps. So you may think you wanna rank for certain keywords because that's what your SEO team says and that's what your like Google you know, team or whatever says, but they're looking for um, 
low competition on certain SEO keywords. So they're going to write it in a way that capitalizes on that gap that they can monetize. That's a big part of this game. So keep that in mind. Um, and the last one that I have for you is pitching just to pitch. That is when you're sort of just sending out pitches because you haven't done so in a while and you're reminding them of your client and there's nothing that's a story or an angle. You have to be discerning with the pitches that you send out to the media and you do not have to pitch every bit of news coming from your client's business. Sometimes it's just not newsworthy. It's not relevant. Um, the fact that they get a new uh, CMO, media's not going to care. Um, maybe you do a press release. Honestly, it's not that press release worthy either, but um, announcing packaging updates, rebrand, they don't care. It's not anything that's worthy. So you have to push back on that. Um, every, you know, some news just isn't big enough for a pitch and would be better suited maybe to a different time of year. Um, you know, we know timing is everything. We look for timely, relevant, targeted pitch angles. That's what we teach inside our pitch lab. Um, and then you also want to avoid jumping on trends just to get your name into the conversation if it's not a fit. We know newsjacking is a really great strategy, but it's not effective if you're latching onto a trend that just doesn't fit your client. It doesn't work for them. And also if it seems opportunistic. So only pitch for trends that align with your client's products, their services, their brand identity, you know, clarifying the trend and how your client's products are better. I have a client that's an LED face mask company. They are at the top of the market um, in terms of price point, And they're the only company that has FDA clearance to make the claims on the efficacy of their devices on fine lines and wrinkles um, and acne. Huge. And no other companies out there have that FDA clearance to make those claims. So we are spending a lot of time educating the media on those differences because, you know, just because a mask is $400 and you find one that looks similar for $99, they do not perform the same. They absolutely do not perform the same. So uh, that's a trend that we see. And instead of just saying like, we're an LED face mask too, we're saying, you know, the trend is LED is effective, but here is what you need to know to make the right choice. You see what I'm saying? It's like taking that trend and then making it your own to differentiate your clients from what else is on the market. So that's what I have for you in terms of the seven mistakes that you're making with your pitches. When you're writing to journalists and editors, thank you guys so much for being here. Mwah. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you here next week. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this 
awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.